0: Trying to get Mike Moore to do a head bob to the music. It's not happening. Am I I doing it right? No. (laughs) No, you've got what uh, some people call white man's disease. But I got a lot of hair, so I
1: can do a little bit of a head bang.
0: Oh, great, great, great. We're talking about your lack of rhythm, and you bring up the hair. (laughs) I know to 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 clap on two and four. I know how to clap. To make me jealous.
1: (laughs) Ah, you know what?
0: You know. You know what I like? You're glad to be back in the studio, aren't I you? Am. I can tell by I'm, the sound of ready your voice. To go.
1: I like, the older I get, the more I like getting up early in the morning. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs>
0: talk about a, a throw from some other part of the left field or something. Why are we talking about the times just, we get up
1: now? I was just thinking about things I like and things I don't like. Uh-huh. You, you know what I don't like? Anything that's pumpkin flavored—that's not pumpkin pie. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and we're a few days from Halloween. I
0: uh, hope you got your pumpkin carved and put out on the front steps of yeah. wherever you might live, wherever your abode is. Uh, <laughs> but here we are, theology on mission podcast, where theology meets mission—the questions of engaging our culture for Christ and His kingdom. By the way, you know uh, I'm a graduate of Wheaton College, Wheaton, Illinois. Uh-huh. And I think I might have just realized I stole that last line from Wheaton College, for Christ and His
1: King. You definitely did.
0: (laughs) Wheaton College, sue me. Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) That that sounded like a challenge. (laughs) No. Uh, Please don't sue us.
0: No, please don't, because I don't have any money, even if you tried. Right. Um, But they do call often for uh, contributions.
1: They do, yeah. They call our house as well, since my wife is a grad. And what do you do with that? Um, sometimes we don't pick up. And by sometimes, I mean every, every time. time
0: <laughs> Folks, we love Wheaton College. For, yes. If
1: anybody from Wheaton's listening, we love you.
0: Uh, but we do know you're probably the richest mm-hmm. Christian college on the face of the yeah. earth. Have
1: mercy on us in your shadow. <laughs> you should be giving me a donation. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go teach over there. All right, enough of this uh, uh, silly talk. Oh, here uh, we are.
0: Um, today's topic
1: mm-hmm.
0: is... Uh third way politics. Very timely. I was talking to a friend of mine an Associated Mennonite Seminary in Elkhart. His oh, yeah. I-,
1: I was in Elkhart two Ooh. days ago. Are you kidding me? Yeah. At the gas station, driving through.
0: Oh oh yeah. you oh you went to your grandma's funeral.
1: Yeah, grand- grandfather's funeral. Grandfather's uh, funeral. W- Which I didn't want to bring it uh we don't have to make it about that. But, but yeah, I was in Elkhart.
0: But, but I saw a glorious tribute
1: too. Yes. A hundred years of a legacy of life.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, and so we were, pray blessings on you and your family during this time. Yes, thank you. Um, so uh, you were talking to your buddy in
1: Elkhart. Oh yeah,
0: and he was complaining about some people whose names I won't mention. Okay. Uh, about a third way politics that seems to be a disengaged politics. Mm. The luxury of people who are in privilege. He was and, saying this. Yeah, he was saying okay. that. And and this got me thinking, uh, and I've actually been thinking about this, ever since Holesclaw, your predecessor. Mm-hmm. By the way, we had another malfunction in the uh, studio this morning, and uh, I, I, we were cursing I, I think, Jeff Holesclaw. We love you, man. <laughs> but man, you built this studio. Of course, it's only like five years since he left, but right. so we, but we're, still, we're still blaming him for everything. <laughs> um, but... Um back, uh, Prodigal Christianity, that book we wrote, mm-hmm. Jeff and I, uh, we were trying to propose a third-way politics. I was trying to say between a defensive uh, engagement with culture uh, and an accommodative yeah. engagement with culture, there's a way, a different way. I call it a way beyond. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's actually got a lot in... There's a lot to it. Uh, but I think most people hear that and they say, Oh, the third way is the way in between, or in the middle, mm-hmm. or the way of compromise. Yes, um, and this often, um, uh, this often gets characterized as the Anabaptist way because we are saying uh, live peaceably, refuse national politics for confidence in Jesus as Lord. And it Mm -hmm. sounds like we're abnegating. It sounds like we're uh, retreating or withdrawing and looking for a compromise way. And so I just want to say, I reject Mm -hmm. it. I reject it. I reject that caricature of third way
1: wholeheartedly. Where are you on this issue, Mike Moore? You're not saying a third way. You're saying a different way.
0: Well, okay, let's be... Let's try to be clear. Yeah. I'm trying to help define the terms. There's a reason why we say third way, because the first way, and you all feel this when you're in the middle of a conflict or in the middle of an engagement with a cultural issue that is challenging you. You either want to defend Mm -hmm. your existing Mm -hmm. position and get maybe uh, a posturing yourself over the other person, or you want to become relevant to that person and agree with that cultural issue and become relevant and and make peace, but also you gain a little, po- I, I argue you gain a little power by that. For instance, yeah. if there's a huge move in the culture towards a particular justice position, yes. uh, whether it be sexuality, whether it be racism, whether it be socioeconomic poverty, whether it be uh, immigration, whether it mm-hmm. be any of these issues that are swirling around our church, churches. Uh, to hop on board with, say, the progressive cause, mm-hmm. uh, will get you a following. Will get you an allegiance. Will get you make you relevant. Maybe you're saying something interesting, and and it will get you power. I I argue, by the way, both approaches, the defensive approach and the accommodative approach, don't really engage the cultural issue. Yeah, yeah. The defensive position postures oneself so you're distancing yourself. Mm-hmm. Actually, you're making yourself kind of repulsive to the person who differ, who right. has a difference with you. And the other one, there's no difference between you. You just amalgamate yourself into that position, and you don't engage. Mm-hmm. And so the third way, there is a... If, if defensive is number one and accommodative yeah. is number two, we do have a third way. But I want to argue that it's not this way of passivity. It's not this way of... Uh, doing nothing. Doing nothing. It's not this way of withdrawal. It's not this way of of uh you know of disengagement it's mm-hmm. actually a totally different way than and goes beyond okay uh, so i I'll, I'll i'll just put my my thought out there and i want to hear hear yeah. you on this mic yeah. more
1: yeah uh, it's it's good to have you define it cuz i think when when you say third way politics especially a week before uh an election people are going to hear that as like third party oh
0: yeah Interesting. I,
1: I, I think that's oftentimes the confusion. That, that's her. Oh, I,
0: I am not even. that's I know, not even on I, my I, horizon. I,
1: I know you're not, but I think those two things are oftentimes conflated. You're saying a completely different way of engaging. Exactly. It's the way
0: uh, to to pull the. Forgive me for this word. Trump yeah. card.
1: Okay. Nice.
0: It's <laughs> all, the trump card. Is it's the way of Jesus.
1: Yeah. Th- this is not just a uh, another flavor. This is a, just a completely completely different. Well, I was gonna do a food analogy. It fell apart there. All right, just take it over. Well, you know, uh, (laughs) sorry
0: for that failed food analogy. I'll give you a few seconds to, yeah, it's not not coming. It's not going to come to you. Okay, Uh, but uh, I want to go. I want to call it the way beyond. I I think it takes us beyond the existing conflictual politics and moves us into the future. So. uh, I did this on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my Facebook tag is Fit Chest, if you want to look for me. And you can follow me and join us in all these conversations. And there's almost one a day. Uh, and it's always something like this. But um, I gave a few um, caricatures of what I think people think of when they think of third-way politics. Okay. And then I argued why it's not that. And I offered an alternative. So the okay. first one is Compromise compromise third way often implies compromise again what i was saying before it arrives at a solution to the existing issue of injustice by compromising by finding a way in the middle that we can both kind of compromise a little bit and find a solution this sounds like uh, the u.s congress when it was uh, operating probably more dialogically than it is right now yeah but uh I So I just want to say this is not what third-way politics or third-way engagement is. I do encourage entering into the space of the justice issue and listening and discerning in the middle, in the middle of the conflict. But don't um, confuse that with me saying compromise. Instead, I I want to suggest that the conflict, when open to God's presence and working, leads into a future uh, that neither side could imagine from the existing frameworks they're working in. That's why I want to call it a way beyond. Okay, so typically we enter into, so let's say, um, on sexuality. I'm against gay, lesbian sexuality. I am for affirming gay, lesbian, sexuality, a, a third way might be, well, let's try to give everybody what they want. And, right. and let's, uh, and, and by the way, I do have some, uh, I, I guess sympathies with this, but a civil marriage, you, you know, mm-hmm. that, that comes off as a compromise, but for me, it doesn't get at what the real issues are in sexuality. You know, um, Heterosexuality is flawed. And until we get at the flaws in heterosexuality, we can't really uh, understand and engage, disengage, uh, uh, affirm, not affirm the sexualities Mm -hmm. that. Are built on heterosexuality, and I fear, especially in the evangelical world, that a lot of the gay and lesbian sexualities are built on heterosexuality. Was that that was a really complicated <laughs> way to talk about I why th- I'm
1: I, I'm not into compromise? I think I follow I follow because compromise kind of skirts the real issues. Can you give us another
0: example? I'm putting you on the spot. Um, uh, in, in terms of the politi- talk about racism, p- politi- political arena. Yeah, or or any social justice cause issue, or uh, any social issue, cultural issue, moral
1: issue. Sure, sure. So one example I can think of is body cameras being worn by police officers. Here in Chicago, late 2016, uh, early 2017, Rahm Emanuel, the then mayor, instituted reform in the Chicago Police Department, and they began to require that in certain districts, police officers would wear body cameras, and the purpose of it was to increase trust and transparency. Police officers were concerned about it because of their privacy, but the general public and activists wanted it because they wanted to uh, be able to monitor better some of these failed shootings that were happening in Chicago. So here we are, years later, and, oh, sorry, years later, and if anything, it seems that the body cams have actually shown that there's a lack of trust, and just because this compromise of body cams was established, it doesn't mean that we've undone systemic racism. It doesn't actually address the underlying injustices and profiling that happens and results in several men, mostly of color, being shot, being killed at the hands of the police.
0: Excellent. It's a mediating, con- it's a mediating a- act. And sometimes you need mediating acts to get things going in the right direction, but but you're, you're right, it, it doesn't solve the redemptive issue underlying the yeah. problem. It, it band-aids on the top. It uh, doesn't mean, by the way, it doesn't help in some ways. Um, another, another issue of racism is, uh, you know, when we talk about whiteness, white supremacy, mm-hmm. um, we're talking about hierarchical authority uh, built into a white system that puts whites as the standard by which you can be approved or not approved and there's all these power issues that are built into that so if we just say we're anti-racism or we're you know where well, there is no racism we don't mm-hmm. get at if we just get if we, we don't get at the power structures and sometimes we end up reinstilling the exact same power structure just different people being white racists yeah. you know what I'm saying Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the white power was very attractive to some people because hey look at all the money that person's got that person is the standard by which I want to uh, uh, find myself and standard by which I can prove myself mm-hmm. and, and what we end up doing is we become white racists of a different color so all these right. things kind of speak to the fact that compromise doesn't get at the underlying issue mm-hmm. and so we got to be careful Uh, of a third-way politics all right okay next one uh hopefully if hopefully if that wasn't clear folks (laughs) stick with us and and by further going down the list of these um what third-way politics is or is not it'll become clear my second point is um uh third way has disengagement first one was compromise question mark what about in disengagement? A lot of times, third way seems to imply we got to withdraw from culture. Uh, we've got to uh, have our own integrity in what we believe, and that means we have to withdraw. I'm thinking of uh, Rod Dreyer's, uh, mm-hmm. what's the name the of Benedict The Benedict Option. The Benedict Option, uh, who I don't think really... S- is an actual Anabaptist, by the way, Rod. If you're listening, I don't think you're an Anabaptist. I never accused you of being an Anabaptist. I would like you to be a better Anabaptist. But, anyways, um, uh, I think that this too is a problem. And again, I uh, I probably encourage people to refuse to engage the conflictual injustice in the world on the terms dictated by the world. I call that antagonism. Uh, Let us not be so quick to jump into a conflict, affirming, not affirming, LGBTQ, anti-racism. We don't agree with anti-racism because we don't see everything as, you know, the, the, the both sides. Let's not, actually, let's not, let's enter the conversation on the terms dictated, by that framework, that actually there's something going beneath, ongoing beneath that framework, that we have to deconstruct, like racism, like uh, sexuality and heterosexuality, and 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 in many cases there's stuff going on there. I don't want to enter into the term and inflame the current
1: antagonism. Okay. Okay. I feel like I'm losing the no, audience. No, right no. I, I I got you, but I I want to ask you a question about that. Um, so. Next Tuesday, there's a presidential election. The terms that have been dictated by the world are vote for Biden, vote for Trump. The, those are the terms. And if you say, I'm not going to vote, then you will be accused of disengagement. And it does kind of seem like disengagement, at least a cursory glance, if you're not accepting these terms that have been dictated to you by the culture.
0: Yeah, like like this is this is a... A heck of an example, Mike Moore. Um, and, and my typical responses have been, I mean, it, but I think so much is at stake in this election, and especially the structure of democracy, which despite its faults, and it has many faults, uh, is an improvement over fascism and authoritarianism. Would you not agree? Is there an amen <laughs> out there on I, that? I, I agree. And and I feel like we have to participate in this. But I've, I've either had – whenever I've said – Go ahead and vote, but don't expect too much. I've gotten some pushback. Mm-hmm. And I worry that people put too much uh, uh, redemptive um, hopes in the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. I think we're all disavowed of that by now. But uh, and, and then I worry that when we vote, uh, we sometimes make that too uh, w- close to getting our identity and giving too much authority to the U.S. government than it actually deserves. Yeah. Having said that, Go ahead and vote and and keep the preservatory functions of our government at work. Mm-hmm. Respect that and so forth and so on. So um, my, I guess my point is, my response is, yeah, uh, in this case, let's discern, go ahead and vote. But let's realize that too often this culture has put too much um, – Almost idolatrous, redemptive hopes in the U.S. government to solve our problems. And I think the best we can do is preserve society, not redeem society. So go ahead and vote, but don't expect too much. I think that's a, a okay. much
1: better way to look at this than just disengagement. Okay. Go ahead and vote while recognizing the frame that you're engaging in. Exact. Another brilliant way yes. to get at what I was trying to say but didn't. Go ahead and vote and...
0: Curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> Did, oh man, you are you are hot right now, Mike. Moore, with uh, with the verbal uh, brilliance and that's, metaphors coming up.
1: That's a Larry David reference, there. Exactly.
0: All right, let's go to the third one. The first one was compromise. No, we don't compromise. So the second one was disengaged. No, we don't disengage. Just a different form of engagement. Third one, uh, I think a third-way politics says often refuse to take sides. I was, I've was i been accused of this for 10 years. Uh, when you say churches don't take a policy statement on uh, affirming or not affirming of LGBTQ uh, marriage, relationships, etc., cetera, uh, they interpret that as me saying uh, I'm opting out to, to be on the side of justice. And, and so— uh, I, I just want to say that I do encourage people not to take sides within an ideological antagonism. What you just said, when you said, go ahead and vote, but realize the frame you're being indoctrinated into and don't allow yourself to be indoctrinated into it. Um, I'm more worried here about pouring gasoline on the flames of the enemy-making machine, which is an allusion to um, my book, uh, Us Versus Them, Um, but in no way does this imply that we don't take sides and the side Christians take is being with the poor, the oppressed, speaking out of these places, not just speaking out of policy statements which are aimed at ideological antagonism. Okay. So I want us to be with people, not on the terms dictated by the policy statements of the world, but to open space for God to work his justice in a way which very well might supersede, heal, and transform and go beyond the frameworks
1: we're given. Okay. I want to press you on this one. Please. I think we might approach this a little differently. So your example was issues of sexuality. Don't take sides. I think in a lot of churches, the response is going to be, if we're supposed to take the side of the oppressed— then we should take a side. We should take the side of the LGBTQ community because they have represented the oppressed in the church and in the culture at large.
0: Yes, and and so I believe that uh, LGBTQ and other alternative sexualities, especially within the evangelical church, especially within the conservative, Protestant, and Catholic churches, have been oppressed. They have not been listened to. They have not, there's not been space to work out and even criticize the inherited frameworks of sexuality. And I might add, those frameworks, I believe, are screwed up. And we. this is not a show about sexuality today, yeah, yeah, yeah. but James Dobson, I, I want to suggest his framework for understanding sexuality, gender, et cetera, is screwed up. And when foisted with coercion, creates so many problems. And so we need to go be with people, all people, but people in this case, the LGBTQ and other sexualities, and listen and, and, and be with them. And out of that space, allow things to be unwound and heard and discerned carefully in a place of prayer, mutuality, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, that, mm. to me, is what it means to be with the oppressed yeah. and speaking out of that context instead of speaking out of a place of power that says, I take this side over against that side on the terms dictated by the existing ideological frameworks.
1: Yeah. I And I agree with you. I I think that's so hard to do because we can say the church should go and be with. But I think so many people in our church are already caught up in these antagonisms that the anger and the vitriol that's being churned all the time moves into the church. And then the conversation ends up becoming really antagonistic, enemy-making, and it's hard to have a constructive and uh, honest dialogue with people.
0: Yeah. Okay, so I want to go to the next uh, one. Mm -hmm. And it's... Be humble and listen. Okay, yep. often third-way politics is accused of saying, be humble, uh, don't make waves, be passive, don't be angry, don't, you know, be nice, <laughs> and everything will turn out all right. Yeah. Uh, I,
1: I disagree that with wh- which with which part <laughs> being nice or everything will turn out okay <laughs> well I disagree that third way
0: politics is give up and be nice okay, yeah and just let Jesus be Lord and work everything out but I do think there is a posture involved involved here and this gets to what you were just talking about yes. in refusing to take sides it is a posture of presence of strength of an opening of space to ask questions um in, in the uh you know on my facebook uh uh page which is a personal f- Facebook page but it's become a place basically of moderated discussions Mm -hmm. I've often talked about the word paraseia as a verbal activity in which a speaker this this is comes from Foucault it's also in Acts and some of the Pauline epistles speak speak the truth boldly but what he means is speak the truth with such presence and sincerity and and power personal risk Mm -hmm. like my life is on the line, I am putting my whole body and soul out here, uh, embodying this truth. And and there's a, just an immense posture of power there. But it is mm-hmm. the power of presence, not the power of anger and violence. Mm-hmm. And it is disruptive. And so pastors out there who are trying to lead a third way, not only do you have to teach your people how to be a posture of not engaging the antagonist, but being a posture of humble presence, asking good questions, discerning truth and speaking truth humbly but boldly. But you have to start by doing it yourself and modeling it and calling people into this posture of the gospel. And so that's yeah, it's so rare and if, <laughs> if, if I want to go back to the language you were using, it's hard and it, and the habits of our culture are are so um, Con- contrary to this posture, but mm-hmm. this is the posture of Jesus and this is the posture that's going to take um, to change the that God's going to use to change the world. the posture of parousia. speaking truth humbly sincerely boldly yeah
1: that that to me brings up the image of the martyrs humbly boldly with power i think there's a posture of martyrdom i'm not saying never in violence yeah i am not saying martyrdom for the sake of it but uh this the sense of what you said of putting your life on the line this this means so much to me that i want to be present and speak to you with power and grace and humility yeah
0: and and sincerity and love and that i really mean this mm-hmm. i'm not here to win an argument i really believe this mean this i'm asking a sincere question this kind of presence by the way um when when uh when the apostle paul in ephesians starts off that whole household cold code mm-hmm. section he says submit yourselves one to another out of reverence and fear of christ um gentleness, uh, that's what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. So submit actually becomes an act of power, Mm -hmm. an act of strength, an act of disruption.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We we see that with Jesus too, uh, when he washes the disciples' feet. It says, Jesus knew that all things had been put under him he came from the Father and He was returning to the Father. So all things have been put under Jesus, under His authority. And then the next verse, He washes His disciples' feet. It's amazing, isn't it? Uh, and this is this is the the
0: the kind of Christian and the kind of Christian community that's going. God's going to use to bring our country out of the mess we're in uh, and transform it for the gospel. Can we get off of our our? Uh, Soapboxes, boxes are mm-hmm. angry, vitriolic, um, you know, rhetoric and enter in and be with people and be sincere. Uh, you know, uh, Foucault called it a subversive political act. It was the act that brought uh, down strongholds and created revolutions. Mm-hmm. OK, so one last thing. OK, yep. so we've we've said third place politics is not compromise. It's, um, it's a way beyond compromise. It's not disengagement. It's a different kind of engagement. It's not a refusal to take sides. It's a refusal to take sides on the terms given to us by the world, but we do take sides, and it's on the side of the oppressed, the poor, the hurting. And then being humble and listening, it's much more than that, folks. Okay, the last one is witness-only. Third-way politics has often implied when it comes to justice that all we need to do is be the church in a local context. Uh, And we never engage national politics. This is kind of like an Anabaptist thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I do strongly... Encourage that justice be shaped locally in a social body. I think that just gives the justice that we're working out a context and an embodied witness that we can say, Look, do you see what's happening? Can we call the rest of our country to this? I mean, but it doesn't stay in the local context because it goes. Uh, national eventually, if indeed mm-hmm. we have strength and power and something to offer the world. I think of of the way uh, Tommy Douglas, Baptist pastor in Saskatchewan, started doing uh, local medical uh, systems to help those without medical insurance. And it turned into a national hmm. uh, over time. He became a politician. He became a premier of the state. And, and, and eventually it became a national uh, system that was adopted province by province. So um, I think the social the local social space to work out justice is imperative. It, it's where. We engage the issues of sexuality first. the the issues of racism. We engage locally. The issues of poverty. The issues of economics. The issues of immigration. We have a immigration uh, legal services in our church. Can we show the way to the rest of the world how to care for those who come from other countries who are hurting, and and invite them into Uh, healing and restoration let's do it locally and then take our solutions to the wider public Mm -hmm. first state maybe national uh government um but it's not just local only and i think that's a mischaracterization of third-way politics Mm -hmm.
1: yeah because your conviction that you're working out of is that the way of jesus or the way of god is moves from the local to the universal in your example of tommy douglas uh, douglas God starts with the particular and then moves out to the universal. That's what you're saying, right? And that's the
0: rule of incarnation. Mm-hmm. God starts with the particular. This uh, son was sent as a person of flesh and blood yeah, in uh, Palestine Palestine,
1: and, and Nazareth and became the savior of the world. Yeah, so, so One piece at a time, by the way. You're, you're not abdicating engagement with the universal. You're just saying the way to do it is to start with the particular. Start Absolutely. with the local church.
0: Absolutely, there are so many ideological reasons why we do that. Uh, does any change really happen on the on the big uh, ship level? Uh, I'm thinking of when we talk about mega churches and we say, "Okay, you got to change this. This whole structure is doing A, right, B, and C." Right. Yeah. No, you're not going to change a megachurch from the top down. Mm-hmm. You're not going to change this country from by being elected president. Right. It's going to happen in local small churches revolutionary places mm-hmm. that are going to undercut the p- politics
1: yes. of power and evil in our, com- yeah. in our country. Yeah, because who's ever elected president, regardless, the church is still going to do what the church does, follow God's spirit in this time and in this place.
0: Yeah, so do you think there's any lingering things we haven't covered with 3rd wave. I think politics? we
1: covered everything under the
0: sun. There must be one or two things.
1: Yeah, there is, but I don't know if we... Uh... Have the time afforded to us? <laughs> I,
0: are you telling me I've gone too long on our podcast?
1: Uh, I think we're probably running up to the very edge when our listeners are like, "Okay, I'm done with my commute." Are they done talking?
0: Yeah, you know, we did go kind of long. I hope this has been helpful, uh, and I want to like urge every single church in the United States of America as we face a big, huge election. And by the time you hear this, it's probably going to be over. The election's probably yeah. Be well, up. unless I get it out next Monday. Uh, but I just want to urge, regardless of whatever happens in our election. Can we be, can we do the politics of Jesus? Can we not do the defensive thing or the accommodative thing, but can we call our people into the politics of Jesus as Lord and engage our world for Christ and allow him uh, to work in and through all the struggles, all the conflicts, all of the struggles against evil in our culture? Let's let Jesus be Lord. Amen. Good word. All right. Well, that makes that's that's a wrap for uh, another Theology on Mission podcast. It's good to be with you. I've been, a, I've been away for a couple of weeks. I think you were away for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks, yep. and it's good to be back. Hopefully, we'll be back on the air uh, next week, same time, same station. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, it's Theology on Mission podcast over and out. I'm Dave Fitch. This is Mike Moore. Till next time.